Hey everybody, this is Dave Markowitz, your host, and you are listening to the Find Freedom Network podcast, the show that will help you find freedom. We interview people who have left liberal cities to move to areas that align more with their conservative family values. We also discuss what freedom means to businesses and help them get noticed in this new parallel economy. So sit back and watch or listen, and don't forget to please subscribe to our channel so we can spread the word about what finding freedom really means. Did you ever grow up in an area and one day look around and discover things are not the same anymore? That happened to my family, and I decided it was time to leave and find a better place. You see, the place I grew up in, Los Angeles, California, changed many of the core conservative values that I grew up with, and I had had enough. My passion has now become helping families with the same values and dreams as me find freedom and helping them move to a more conservative values state that aligns with how they want to live and raise their family. If that's where you're finding yourself today, I would love for you to download my free ebook I wrote and published titled The New Cold War, Red and Blue, America Divided, The Escape of the Lefty G to Find Freedom. This is where you can read my story and what led me to this point. Head over to www.thefindfreedomnetwork.com and download it for free. Again, go to www.thefindfreedomnetwork.com and download the ebook for free. You can also go to Amazon and get it there too. And also, please remember to follow our podcast and the Find Freedom Network podcast on Spotify and Apple and all the other network podcasts where they can be found. And thanks again for listening. All right, everyone. Dave Markowitz here, part of the Find Freedom podcast show. And I am thrilled to have a very good friend of mine, dear guest. We have a similar story. And his name is Steve Abramowitz. And let's give you a little background about Steve. So, Steve, first of all, welcome to the show. We are excited to have you. Happy to be here. And uh, so Steve is married. He's got two kids, a boy and a girl. Steve is also a financial advisor with Mill Creek Financial and Ameriprise. And Steve has been in the financial industry for many, many years. Uh, Steve is also the editor-in-chief for the Mill Creek View newspaper. And recently, he launched the Mill Creek View podcast for the Tennessee division. Uh, That's his new baby is what I like to call it. And as well, Steve is a great patriot. So, Steve, I am excited. And before I get into it, I like to say that you're a left UG, just as <laughs> I'm a left UG. And the you know, usually we hear refugees, but I like to use left UG because we left from somewhere to escape somewhere to go to freedom. So instead of a refuge, we left. And that's actually wrote that in my book that's out that you guys can get. It's on the uh, Find Freedom platform. Um, but let's get get into it. So I want to just know. What motivated you first to leave the state of Washington, because that's where you came from, and move to the great state of Tennessee, where we both are now uh, living and loving, I should say? That's right. Well, you call it the left UG. I call it the left coast. Um, My forefathers before me uh, left um, a fascist state in Europe. My uh, parents before me left uh, New York for the left coast. Uh, we to have grow. similar values, but I think both of our same exact story. 
it, I hear it a lot, unfortunately, um, because we have that DNA to know, or at least to be able to discern. And because we're probably smart enough to have read a book or two that um, the writing was on the wall and that the uh, liberal utopia or uh, dystopia that they're trying to create starts as a slippery slope and it doesn't stop. And we saw that and we said, there's probably a better way to do this, especially for raising kids. And so we decided currently that Tennessee does that for us. And this is the place that we found. And that's where we met. So obviously, like-minded people, patriots, people that love America, believe in the constitution, libertarian and leaning, but you know, just want our government to serve us and protect us. It wasn't happening. It wasn't happening in California when I moved first, and it wasn't happening in Washington when I moved second. Um, and, you know, Tennessee is not perfect. It has its issues too, but we're here to fight. This is the last stand. This is the last state and the last great country left, in my opinion. And so here we are coming together to commiserate as uh, leftugees. I like that a lot. Um, commiserate, but like you said, the last stand, I think that's really important. Um, you know, I get from my clients and I'm sure your clients, when we hear that a, that a lot of the Californians, a lot of people that are moving from New York, Chicago, so to speak, to Tennessee, and the locals are worried that, you know, they're going to bring the liberal values. And I, I tell folks that I think that's incorrect. I think the ones that have left such as ourselves are bringing the conservative values, because that's why we left. And I think we are on the front line as the last stand, as you mentioned, to put up the fight, because I think that's our duty now to move here and make sure this, this place that we moved here for our families, of course, and we'll get into that, is what we need to do as as patriots, as conservatives. Um, what do you think about, about that angle? I, I think you're absolutely right. When we were doing our homework as to where we wanted to go, I looked at voting records and one as one of the many things besides dollars per square foot, you being in real estate, you know all about that. And from 2000 to 2022, at now, the voting record in Tennessee went from a 50-50 state, like most of the country was, with Bush versus Gore, to 60-40 the other way, where Trump was a big winner here. You go east of, of Nashville, and you have Barry Goldwater actually won uh, eastern Tennessee. And so it has those roots. And so what I noticed is the, the great migration that we're going through right now uh, just like World War II, just like um, you know the GI Bill, when everyone got to decide where they wanted to live and, and put down their roots, or the great tax mitigation where people like Washington, Nevada, Tennessee, where they didn't have an income tax, they decided they wanted to go to number one, New York, number two, Texas, oh, sorry, leave New York for Texas. And way down on the list actually was Tennessee. And I think it's because it's too red. The, the, the blue folks who wanted to leave and bring their voting records, they want to go places like Idaho. They want to go places like Florida, like Texas. Those are the, the, the primary places. Way down on the list is Tennessee. And guess what the next one is? It's Washington. So people are actually leaving to liberal California for not as bad, although pretty bad, Washington and Oregon, um, and taking their voting records with them. In Tennessee, it's hopeless. You know, here in Tennessee, there's, there's 99 counties. And there are 75 Republicans that occupy those seats in Nashville, which is our um, capital. The 25 could leave for Colorado and there'd still be quorum. So they have absolutely no say. They're insignificant here in Tennessee. If you're a liberal from California and you want to come somewhere and still have your Austin, Texas or your, your Miami, 
this is not the place. Uh, you would say that even even as we're seeing downtown Nashville, it is, in my opinion, a blue area. Um, but we no can question about it. it Nashville, you know, but, and, and yep. I see that. So, what's your opinion on that? How do we how do we stop that from from happening at this point? Because my fear is as that I, I don't want to call it a cancer, but as it starts spreading out from that center city outwards, how do we battle that? As you just exactly mentioned. right, and that's what I saw. I moved out of King County, where Seattle was, to Snohomish County, where Edmonds is. Let's just say the next biggest city. And anything that happens in Seattle with the city council, it will ultimately get up there. You're absolutely right. Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, Knoxville, they have those those blue city blues, as I call them, um, crime, legislatures who come in like a mayor who would be in favor of jail reform, which is deform. Uh, that is always going to be the problem. And if there's a college associated with it, like the Vanderbilt um, or a UT or an Austin or a UW in Washington, that's University of Washington, or a Stanford, or a Cal, or you name it. Those, that's America, man. That you, that is going to happen, and that is where those college professors who live and breed this uh, far left liberalism, this wokeness, they stay and they build their little communities and they live in their little bubble, and it is a problem. We're not going to fix it, especially when you got like Eric Church from North Carolina, bringing a mega, mega, mega million dollar project to seven story, right. you know, uh, food and entertainment complex. That is progressive corporatism, Ford's coming to Tennessee, Facebook's in Tennessee. By the way, just as you mentioned that, I just heard this morning, and it's really interesting. So you're from California and you remember In-N-Out Burger. Yeah, they're coming. Is there, I heard this money. Yeah. They're coming to Franklin, and they are also, besides building stores, they're building a, a big corporate office. Is what I heard here. So yeah. they're they're all in. And well, I call it Hollywood East. And I just actually just put into my stable of podcasts um, the folks that used to do the Hollywood interview, similar to what I do here about Tennessee, and I used to do about Washington. They interviewed plenty of folks in Hollywood. Uh, producers, directors, actors, actresses, you name it. Great website, by the way, with a great archive. He wants to move to Georgia. They have a film school there. And as you know, Disney does a lot of business in Georgia. All yes. the Marvel superhero movies are done there. It's a big thing. Netflix is there. So the Hollywood problem with the filth and the homelessness and the drug addiction and the Harvey Weinsteins and whatever you want to do has certainly evolved out of just that little region and become more of a phenomenon elsewhere. And so to your point, something like Nashville, which is Hollywood East right now, it's where the, the big money is. It's where they just spent billions of dollars for the Tennessee Titans who lost the playoffs. So we'll see how that goes, et cetera. It is a thing. And that's where the stand comes in. That's where the last stand comes in. If we're going to do what the voters want, because overwhelmingly, I believe the Tennessee voter is conservative-minded, biblical values. They don't like what's happening in public schools. They don't like what's happening at Kroger's. They want, and we could talk about that if you want. Yeah, we'll get into that. But I, yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. That's kind of like where you just headed on that point is one of the things that I think you want to talk about in terms of why you left the state of Washington, because you had some instances with your children. And, and I, I always say, you know, when people ask me why I moved here, I moved here for my kids. I wanted my kids to have opportunity and you did the same. 
And I saw the writing on the wall in California and how the wokeism was happening and CRT. And we can get into all of that. It is happening here. People may not know about it, but it is. And it's happening in Knoxville. And there's there's a whole other other stuff we can get into. But Williamson County. Williamson, Williamson County was, yeah, Williamson it, County, there's it was a, big a gem of education and they're, Correct. They're, it's creeping in. Creeping in. But so the one of the reasons that you left the state of Washington was because you had an instance with your daughter who was on a swim team and you can get into that. And I think that was your the last straw that broke the camel's back. It, it, um, that's my view. And you can kind of get into it and tell me what you think about that. Sure. Um, I, know it's, I know it's a tough subject because I've heard you speak about it before. Yeah, I'm used I know to it you now. get emotional about it, and, and I was <laughs> I was really shocked when when I heard that when you were speaking. I think it was on um, uh, the famous announcer in the state of Washington. He's he's got a talk show. Um, Dory on, Monson, yeah. Um, Carl Dor- La- Lars Larson. You were on the Lars Larson. Oh yeah, I've been on Lars Larson, Ari Hoffman, and Dory Monson, who just passed away on New Year's right. Eve. God rest his soul. A terrible, yes. terrible loss for Washington because he was one of the only uh, voices holding. Olympia, which is the capital of Washington's feet to the fire and a terrible governor and terrible attorney general. So to answer your question, Dave, the way I look at it is my kids are kind of like America. I'm one guy, I'm a patriot, and there's a reason for that. I believe in the constitution. I believe it was the the best life support system after World War II for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so I brought children into this world uh, for exactly that. And I wanted to leave I want to leave it better than I found it, just like my parents did for me, Correct. right? My father, who was born uh, and spent time in a deportation camp before Truman opened up uh, the country to to Jewish immigrants, I wouldn't be here for that. And so America was that uh, shining city on a hill. And so that's what I want. And Washington State, no. Oregon, I've been saying for a long, long time, wasn't even a state anymore. There was 49 states. California wasn't even as bad as that. Mm. That's occupied territory. Now the entire West Coast, in my opinion, is lost. And I saw it with my own eyes. And I saw the institutions that were falling. It started with the schools. Then it was the religious institutions. I was the on the board of the largest synagogue east of the Mississippi, which really would be the largest outside of, say, um, uh, Boston and New York. And I, they were not a religious institution at all for at least more than a decade. They were really just an activist group, um, of a bunch of Marxist Bolsheviks. Okay. I'm sorry to say it's the truth. And so when I saw my kids and they were going through this system, they were in Catholic school. My wife happens to be Catholic. She grew up in Catholic school. We thought it was good, better education than public, Absolutely, but it was going very, very woke. Uh, same thing with their sports teams, the sports rec leagues. That's where this kind of story hits the, the ground. And we, so we left King County because we said that is a, like we were just talking about, that's a Nashville type of LA type of big city um, where Seattle is uh, doing all the wrong things, defunding the police, putting public schools last and making sure that they were learning all the wrong lessons. So we moved to the next County North and we kept one toe in King County. And it was the summer swim league, the the rec league that my daughter was in and my son, since they were babies, since they were five. Wow! And she's now a junior in high school, but then she was a sophomore. My son had just graduated uh, high school. So he was about to go into college and they decided after 150 years 
great experience for kids because it's rains a lot in Seattle and right. it's dark in the winter, right. but this was summer. So you get long days, sun goes down late, you get the vitamin D, you get to engage with the other parents and the families and you get to just be athletic and with your friends and you, you, you can you get the picture. It was, it was Huckleberry Finn. It was, it was Americana. They built a task force based on a 10-year-old rule of inclusivity that said that boys and girls shouldn't be designated their own genders. They should be able to swim together based on age. And if a girl decides she's a boy or a boy decides she's a girl, she has to start the hormone therapy at age nine to be fully cycled into it by age 14, or else you can no longer compete. You have to um, only do competition. So your career is over. If you want to be the next Michael Phelps, forget it. Maybe the next Leah Thomas is what they're looking for. I don't know. At the same time, they said, we're going to let guys go on this task force and girls around the pools or 15 of them in this. this, Remember, this is a summer rec league. This isn't even like collegiate or or high school. This is just summer. They're going to go around with clipboards, un-background checked. So who knows who these perverts could be. Correct. Asking kids out of your shot of the coaches and parents, which is against the, the their own bylaws, sexual orientation questions, grooming, you know, are you interested? Are you, you walk like a boy, you should probably take those drugs if you want to compete. Just, just a terrible, terrible thing by one guy from public school who was a health, um, what is a specialist, right? Not even that anymore. Now he's a conflicted, he has a consulting firm. So he's conflicted financially. And, and he's got an agenda, people. Steve. It's got an agenda. And seven kids at his particular school are considered uh, binary, right? So something very weird going on because statistically speaking, one out of 2,000 is supposed to be it. He's got seven. She's got seven. It's got seven. So I said, that's not good. I got to look into this deeper and deeper. Then the next thing they said, well, of course, the locker rooms have to be open to the boy, biological males, if they say they're girls. And I said, we're out. Sorry. You wanted to grow up and, and graduate from this and be on the podium and get the lay and and hold the, the thing that says you graduated high school and swim league can't happen. And she agreed. She's like, no, it's not safe. I can't do it. I, I, I wish I could. It was a dream come true. But how old is she at this point? 15. So she already she was old enough to kind of see the writing on the wall, I'm assuming. Well, she would have had to start competing with the enhanced right. folks so that would have you know been an unfair advantage she had re- plenty of first place ribbons so she was a real competitor and it would have just blown the whole thing up and so the the unsafety that was coming down from the superintendent of schools of the state all the way down to the summer swim league saying please take these untested experimental drugs we don't know if they cause cancer brain damage what in order to continue competing into the future dashed the future. And so I just, uh, concerned dad said, this state has my daughter's not best interest in mind, not safety, not anything. And so I can't do that. But Tennessee was talking about, we're going to sell ivermectin over the counter. We would never amass this long. We would never, you know, force vaccinations in order to join schools. All the things that they weren't doing up there, they were doing here or vice versa. All the things they were doing up there, they weren't doing here. No brainer. Let's let this girl have the best possible high school experience she can uh, and be taken care of by 
the police and the elected politicians and the folks who let women be women. What year was that in? Was that in lockdown? That was last year. That was last year. Yeah, we le- I left in August of last year. She was here by July of last year in order to enroll in school in time. And they were talking about mandatory vaccinations and, and remasking again for the new school year that's uh, only halfway through right now as you and I are speaking. So I wasn't going to put up with it. And, you know, do I want to say I'm, I was right or I told you so? No, because I want the state to go the other direction. But we just had a good dear friend of ours tell us that she was just held up at a gas station by an armed gentleman in our old neighborhood. So it's not as if it's not as if things have become all of a sudden magically better. They are just out of session. And the Washington State Assembly session starts today. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the agenda items, it's not getting better. They're not going to refund their police. They're going to defund them. They're not going to re-illegal make meth and and uh, fentanyl the number one killer of people 18 to 35 all of a sudden legal i'm sorry illegal because it is legal now they cannot be arrested for possession of of fentanyl in washington as we speak and the police cannot chase them i tell people in tennessee this all the time they're like no it's not that bad oh yeah they don't they don't get it where we came from and why we escaped california has the exact same you know things that you just spoke about and i know California just passed a bill, uh, Governor Newsom, about the COVID shot. And when you go see a doctor and, you know, there's any misinformation on that shot, you know, the doctors can lose their license. So it's all up. They're they're all in this upside down world is the way I look at it at this point. And there is no turning back. Uh, They have control. And it all comes down to politics at this point, unfortunately. Well, they, it's worse than that. I mean, that's a bad one where you can't talk. So your First Amendment rights, whether you're a doctor or anybody, are are infringed. But you, they changed the statutory rape age. Where yes. It's just it's a 10-year ban now instead of saying, well, anyone under 18. So if you are 20, that means 10-year-olds are fair game. If you are 19, 9-year-olds. What is that all about? Then they just said it's a sanctuary state for transgender surgeries. Correct. So if it, I don't know how this is going to fly, but basically in the constitution of the state of California, if somebody in Tennessee wants to transition and their parents say, no, sorry, you can't do it. And somehow California gets wind of it. California can reach into our state, bring somebody back like a Shanghai or, or a hijacking. Right. And there's nothing that anybody can or do. About they will it allow, they said they'll allow, even if it's not a parent, but a friend or some some, let's say, teenage girl that will drive that girl to California, that's legal. It's not a kidnapping that's based on, you know, that is all, you know, all legit at this point. So California is off the rails. They're all off the rails. And And maybe that's why they're getting biblical floods right now. I don't know. We'll wait and see how that pulls out because outcomes are for God. You know, we have seasons here in in Tennessee. (laughs) And, And my joke was always in California, we did have seasons. Then they were the floods, the riots, the earthquakes. The fires. You know, the fires. The, those were our seasons. So that's my my joke. But um, what what advice would you give somebody that wants to move from one of those states out to any of these red states that we're in, Tennessee? Any give us some some of your what kind of advice? Because it's real my thing that I get from families that they I hear it all day long. Oh, you you know, you have balls, you know, you guys packed up your family. I said, No, I did it for my kids, and you have to make that decision. And I hear, we would love to do it. We'd love to do it. And I still think many people can do it. And there's something holding them back. 
I used to have family there. You still have family back in the state of Washington. But what advice would you give somebody that wants to to finally just pull the trigger and do it? Because we know it's hard. Any any suggestions? Well, I don't do anything um, knee jerk. You know, I like to kind of research and make sure that if I'm going to make that's because you're a finance guy, Steve. Exactly. <laughs> and if I'm going to do, if I'm going to make a decision that is long term, I want to make sure the the odds are in my favor that it'll be successful. And so what I did, it, it was divine intervention. But what I did is my son was touring colleges. He was uh, just about to graduate high school, and so it was that season of life. And we started out. Um, basically with the SEC schools. He, he was big into football. And so we, we went from Baylor to LSU, to Georgia, to Alabama, to Auburn, to, um, uh, to see for the first time in our lives, I think, you know, the deep South, let's just call it the South. We you never down here before then? You know, occasionally for business, but not, not extended stays. And we certainly didn't get a look at it from the, the perspective of universities, since we were trying to figure out which woke non-woke university to go to you know what i'm saying and baylor is a christian school at least it says it is and so we got to see kind of on the ground with so is belmont at least they say it is sorry go ahead (laughs) exactly right at least they say they they all do but if they have a dei administration like ohio state forget it it's over um and that's why we didn't choose lsu by the way because the new president had come out of the dei department and it was a telltale and boy were we right about that so anyway to answer your question is when we started to see it, we're like, oh, the South is amazing. And it reminded me of my upbringing in Northern California, where I'm like, gosh, you know, I, I'm older now. I rebelled from my upbringing in the 70s and 80s by going to LA, by going to Seattle, by wanting to be in the big city, but I don't really want that anymore. And this gave me that experience, or at least that vibe. Right. And so then we started doing the math on, on, you know, real estate. Could we live in a house uh, here happily ever after downsizing was the goal anyway, because one son had just moved to college and there's just three of us now, plus a dog. And soon right. there'll be two of us plus a dog, hopefully the dog. Um, so all of the, uh, uh, boxes that I needed checked got me to West Haven and, uh, Franklin, Tennessee. And I, you know, I still love music. I love live music. And so I've got Leaper's Fork right there. I've got Nashville 24-7. We went to the Grand Old Opry. So that was another selling point. I'm like, this is amazing. Right. Um, And and, uh, those cultural lifestyle boxes that were checked helped me decide, sure, because I can't go to live music in Seattle anymore. You had to show a vaccine card. Right. I can't go um, to the big, you know, Seahawks football game, because you have to wear a mask and people are crazy. I don't even want to spend time with those folks. So the grocery store, you know, or the gas tax, I mean, it started to come to say the lifestyle that I want is there, not where I am right this minute. And that was the deciding factor. Aside from the fact that, like I said, I've got a, at the time, 15 year old, now 17 year old daughter to worry about. Um, Yeah. Um, and that's not for everybody. That's not for everybody. No, you know, no, some, but people I would think... decide, some people will decide Texas is for them. I got a really good friend. He's, he, he says, stop talking about Tennessee. I'm going to Texas. Okay, that's fine. It's okay. So, well, so we know it's, you know, it's usually the top three, which will either be Florida, Texas, or Tennessee, and they're just rotating. And um, actually, I just saw the numbers on, you know, we, we know the famous U-Haul, how many, how many trucks come out of California and where they're going. Yeah. So now we're seeing the numbers actually going also into Alabama and as well into Virginia. And I think Alabama is picking it up now because, you know, as we've seen where we're at, 
the, it's getting more costly that people are moving here. It's driving up home prices. So where's the next big thing in the South? So we're now seeing that, but I do want to pivot. I want to go and talk about your podcast because I know you're very adamant about growing this. Um, So what inspired you to start Mill Creek podcast, Mill Creek Bee podcast? Okay. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I love that story. So last February, so um, not even a year ago, uh, a guy who gave my daughter her first job during COVID when everything was locked down and she was too young to, you know, get a, a big time job. Uh, gave her a job delivering newspapers in our new hometown, which was Mill Creek, Washington. Uh, Mill Creek is just north of Seattle by about 35 minutes up I-5. Okay. And a more conservative part of town, believe it or not. And he was a Reagan-loving uh, 82nd Airborne veteran who in 1991 started this newspaper, this hometown newspaper. Well, he got covid at least he got COVID in the hospital. He had heart issues already because he was old. He was like 82 years old wow. and he died. And unbeknownst to me, he his his widow, who became a dear friend of mine, said, Fred, if something happens to you, his name was Fred, Fred Philbrook, if something happens to you, what do you want us to do with the newspaper? And he said, call Steve. I Okay. I, I had Any experience up, in that at all? I wrote one college article on bar hopping in Manhattan Beach, California over St. Patrick's Day weekend. And That's what I that, saw you. <laughs> that you might have. And that that was my claim to fame uh in journalism until this. And so I took over the newspaper. I created a second newspaper called the Snohomish View, turned it into an LLC, uh pat uh, trademark the name Mill Creek View, and started a podcast. And the podcast was based on Washington and it was leading up to the election. So I had a bunch of politicians, both Democrats and Republicans, come on and explain to me why they should have the job, but also some authors and um, some, some journalists and, you know, interesting people. And, but I had never done it before, just like I had never run a newspaper before and never had owned a newspaper before. So I was just trying to create media to get people's words out. That's what the paper is. It's the view. It's not a necessarily a, a hard news paper. It's the views of some folks who are there, um, city council members that are current and former mayors, things like that. Anyway, you became a journalist. You, you became a, right. You were telling people. Well, I stories. became the owner. Of, I became an owner of a journalist company is what happened. And so because I wanted to grow it and make it worthwhile, I learned a lot real fast and podcasting was always just a, a hobby of mine. I've been listening to them anyway. Um, lots of influences in that space that I decided I want to try it. And so I met my producer who had already been doing some for many, many years, had a show, uh, wrote a book on it. Um, and it happened to be near where I was. He got me going. So we put 17 of those out and it was called the Mill Creek View Podcast Washington. I wanted to keep it going. So I did one on the road, got to Tennessee, and now we have 55 episodes, Mill Creek View Podcast, Tennessee. I just hired somebody in Washington to keep it going. So I have a stable, and I mentioned the other one, the Hollywood interview. So I'll have three podcasts in my little stable. I mean, kind of like the Daily Wire. I'm, I'm nowhere near their, their league, but Ben Shapiro created a media company. It's online right. with news. And then he starts somewhere, stable. right? And he's got a stable of podcasters. So yeah, that's that's my journey towards the same thing. And we just happen to be in the same town now. So 
How have been. your um, how have your listeners responded to your podcast so far? It's been great. I mean, the numbers are are huge. Um, I've gotten actually um, have not. I've kept it free. I haven't done any sponsors or advertisers. So that will be the real proof in the pudding one day, but the guest list has been off the charts. I'm already looking at March now. And like I said, we have 55 episodes. I went from once every other week where I read the newspaper because it's a bi-monthly and then the guest afterwards to just guess to now three times a week. We just started this year with three times a week. So it's been going great. You've (laughs) had some Pretty good guests as far as from what I'm following. You had uh, Gary Humble on, who's, you know, Tennessee. He was my first Tennessee guest, yeah. Um, you also had um, Tonto? Yeah, Tonto Peranto. That was a big one. Got good numbers for that. He was very generous, said nice things. Um, I had Stephen Friend, uh, oh, right. F- FBI whistleblower. And I'm going to have uh, Kyle Serafin next week, who's the other one. So, we are looking for interesting people who have a story to tell that aren't getting told in the normal media, which I should throw out there. The newspaper, that's its whole raison d'etre, is that the Linwood Times, the Everett Herald, the Seattle Times right. are, are far left magazines, far left news. We, we fill that center left, center and center right, all the way to the far right category that nobody else does. So, and I apologize for the dogs barking in the background. I don't know if you've heard it, but that's it's okay. Well, I got the headphones on. It, I, it can be you didn't hear it. Button. Okay, good. That's okay. Um, mine, mine does that too sometimes, especially when the lightning strikes here. We do get electrical storms in Tennessee. We did not get as many. Right. We have some, well, we do have weather here. Um, it's really yes, interesting. We yes, we do. Um, so, what, so yeah, the guests have been fantastic. I've what's been your so most blessed. memorable one out of all these guests? Anybody, any snippet you can, that you really like took to heart or you really enjoyed? Well, you know, Robin Steenman was just on, and uh, she is the founder of the Moms for Liberty Williamson County. And I'm getting at the end of this month, uh, Tristan uh, Tiffany Justice, who is the founder of the nationwide Moms for Liberty. So by having Robin on, it was great because she was able to encapsulate all of these things I've been talking about in the schools. They work really hard to keep the schools uh, from going down the slippery slope of the wokeness with not only the CRT and the over-sexualized books in the library and the, and the sexual orientation in the, in the, um, in the classroom, but the libraries. And, uh, so that was a fantastic interview because it did clarify a lot for people who just don't know that their public school is not raising their kids the way they probably want to, especially here in Tennessee, maybe in Washington, they're into it, but not here. Um, and then she had an event at, um, the Williams County library and it was very well attended. Apparently it went from five to like a hundred, like standing room only. And there was my slide. She put a slide of our show together from rumble and I was thrilled. So that was a kind of a, um, uh, just made me feel good. You know what I'm saying? Like it's having an impact. It really is uh, worthwhile to help these people get their word out. Cause that's really all it is. It's a question and answer show. It's not it's a question and answer show, show. And it's, but you're also your storytelling and, you know, people want to know what you do. Um, and you are, you know, giving information that a lot of people don't know, like you said, regarding the schools. If you would tell anybody that, you know, Williamson County schools, we all know about Davidson County and I have to, you know, educate my clients as well because the school districts are not as good in Davidson County, but Williamson County is known as these great schools, but people don't realize there are issues in Williamson County schools as well. 
Exactly. And once I start telling them, but you have to be honest, you know, you have to let them know these are, these are the facts. And that's where we come in as putting up the last stand as you spoke about earlier. And that's so, what Robin does. Robin was a B1 bomber pilot and instructor. So you don't mess with her. And she did the work. They spent 1200 hours going through the books that are Williamson County schools that used to be a gem of a job teaching in our schools because the grades were great. Right. They didn't have the same problems as the rest of Tennessee. It's there too. And nobody knew that until Robin came around and said, you know, something's not right. Uh, uh, We got to dig into this. And boy, what she found was pretty bad. And so they've been stopped, in my opinion, because of the light we've been able to shine on it. Like you asked, what was was gratifying? We shone the light on what's happening. They can't get teachers now. They can't get enrollment up. Everyone wants to go to private schools now if they can afford it. And, you know, there's plenty of schools that will help out with tuition if they have to because the system was so broken and so ugly and nobody was talking about it. The Tennessean wasn't talking about it. Most of the newspapers and, and liberal TV shows here and news shows here in Tennessee weren't talking about it. We are. And so that made a difference. And that's important to me. Um, I remember when I was, I think I just moved here. I don't remember, but Clay Travis, he lives in Williamson County and he lives right by me. He basically went to one of the school board meetings and I think it was, he was talking about the COVID issue at that point, but still it goes back to the same who's running the schools here, bottom line. And, you know, he brought it to national attention. And in fact, I, I even believe that president Biden was, went on TV. I remember him saying, Oh, those crazies out in that Williamson County. So we are getting known, um, but that's what we have to put up the fight, like you said. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. that that town, that uh, school board meeting was a big big deal for eye opening folks. And so a gal named, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, um, Leanne Baker. Of course, yes. Leanne. So Baker. Leanne, interesting stories. Leanne Baker came from California, um, out where I lived. Um, and she did the same thing. She had enough. She didn't want her kids getting, you know, indoctrinated. She didn't want her kids getting the shot. She, she said, that's it. And she was blacklisted from Hollywood because yep. she was speaking the truth. Yeah. And so she had the number one TV show, Disney produced, um, good luck, Charlie. She correct. was the mom for those that don't know. And now she's here talking about, she's putting up the great fight, and- not the good fight, yep. the great fight. She is amazing. Um, so yeah, so as these people are coming out and, and putting the word out, um, it's gaining traction. And, and again, that's what we we have to do. I want to know or ask you, since you've done this podcast and I'm building my podcast, what are the challenges that you're facing as you're building the show? Is it finding interviews? Is it any anything that you're Interviews have not been a problem. Uh, people are very receptive to doing it. I had a cancellation for Thursday, was able to swoop in with a back up right away and it's going to be a great show. Um, the hard part for me is I'm a one-man shop. Okay. Uh, you and I were talking before we started about how you kind of, you do your editing and you do everything and that's amazing. I have an editor, luckily a producer from the old days, still in Linwood, Washington. So we That's pipe- the other Steve, the Steve and Steve show. Steve and Steve show. Yep. That's our second segment after the interview with Steve and Steve, what's on our minds. And I'm usually talking about our guests and, in a positive way. Um, we... If it wasn't for Zoom, we couldn't do this because we pipe him in from ten, from Pacific time in Washington, in the Seattle, 
me here in Nashville and our guests could be on East Coast time, even if they're in Knoxville or Chattanooga. Right. So the hard part isn't putting on the show. The hard part is developing the show ahead of time. Before you and I went on air, I was working on Thursday's show um, instead of focusing on, you know, other things like uh, the beautiful weather outside or right. uh, what's to drink, you know, at the local bar. So um, that is the hardest part is obviously. Should, uh, should we give them a plug? Scouts? Sure. Scouts. Everyone show up at Scouts. It's up at uh, Scouts Friday at 8 a.m. I'll say I'll yes. shake your hand. Um, Mr. Don't Marshall, he, he actually he does great things for the community, too. So. Yeah, and Scouts um, is owned by uh, the Puckett's chain, and, and right. so it's been around Andy a long Marshall, time. Andy Marshall, I believe. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, but a patriotic group, although they they, they um, try to avoid the uh, you know the controversial stuff because they, they, they'll feed anybody, they right? To, I get it. Bar, I, yeah. I, I totally get it. What, what topics are you are planning on bringing into your show coming for the future since it's growing? Have you have any ideas? Like, so the, the gist of the show is interesting people making a positive impact in our community um, today, right? And so I love topical folks. Uh, General Flynn is coming to Nashville at the end of the month. And so I'm hoping to get him on, but you know, no guarantees. But in terms of the actual bookings, I want people who interest me. Um, I've got the guy who sold the post-millennial uh, and now has a uh, non-woke uh, publishing company for musicians um, called Based Records. Uh, oh, yeah, that's Matthew Azrelli. So that'll be very interesting. If it interests me, I think it interests other people. At least I hope that's kind of the gist of it. So Kyle Serafin, I talked about, that'll be amazing. Cause I'm very interested in the police state and how America is going the wrong direction. And Kyle is not very happy with his former bosses at the FBI. Um, today and tomorrow, I've kind of got a series going. They're not from Tennessee, but it, it, it translates. It's the same thing. I've got a guy who was fired from NYU for not going along with the woke culture. And I got a guy who's been very outspoken against the National Teachers Association from LA um, talking about uh, the exact same thing, how the, the schools um, are the, the, uh, the Marxist indoctrination centers. Um, I also have some sports folks on. We talked about USC's great season with the Heisman Trophy winner. Right. We talked about University of Tennessee's Cinderella story and how um, underrated they were all season long. And now I have... Um, the NBC newscaster from Knoxville will talk about the Titans, the Titan Stadium, NIL, uh, gambling in Tennessee. Mm. It'll be very Tennessee-focused, sports-oriented right. since Titans are so huge, although they just lost the playoffs, lost out on the playoffs and fired everybody. We'll have a lot to talk about for the future there. Um, and, you know, I've got a really interesting one. His name is uh, Cash Daniels. And Cash is 11 years old, and he's sort of the Greta Thunberg oh, wow. in a non-insulting way of Tennessee. He is a, he's the conservation kid, and I'm really excited to try to talk to him. I don't know if, it'll, if I can relate and we'll have a good show or a good conversation, but I think so. He's a great kid, um, and that will shine the light on Tennessee and, and what it means to be an anti-pollution guy versus a... Um, uh, Green New Deal guy, and he's just a kid, so it's awesome. And you love it because you're you're all about the outdoors too. Um, Steve Abramowitz, you are awesome. You've been great. Uh, <laughs> tell the folks where we can find you, how we can support you. Mill Creek View Podcast Tennessee is on Spotify, Rumble, um, uh, Deezer, everywhere you find. Uh, even uh, Google, anywhere you find your podcasts. Um, Rumble only, not YouTube. Uh, 
mcview.us is the newspaper. Uh, that'll be the daily version. MillCreekViewOnline.com is the bi-monthly newspaper with all the columnists. I think you'll find it interesting. It's not really much about Tennessee, but some of the folks do translate uh, with evergreen issues all the time, and they're great. I really love uh, uh, publishing for them. And um, we do have a TV show in development, which you can find at The Cho Show, C-H-O-E-S-H-O-W on Twitter right now. Okay. through the Discovery Institute. So we, we got our hands in a lot of stuff, um, but the the ongoing regular scheduled program is Mill Creek View Podcast. And I will put all those in the show notes in Rumble. So if you guys are following the show as well, please uh, support us on Rumble and anywhere else uh, that we won't be canceled at this point. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I started this platform just, you know, as well is, you know, I'm on a very hard edge topic at this point in terms of, you know, speaking our freedoms and we're going into this parallel economy as i'd like to say and i built this platform because eventually you know i have to have my instead of being rented space on social networks we have to have our own area where people can come into us so that's really why i developed this as well so you know we can get the message out and you know we won't get canceled and um we're, we're here to support each other so i 100 appreciate you you've been awesome you've been a great guest and, um, you know, what can I say? We will see each other in town as we always do and, um, keep, keep fighting the good fight, Steve. Really. Yeah. I'm glad to know there are guys like you here because this is the place you want to have your last stand. And so you're right. Own your own media content. You don't want to get parlored and you don't want to get, um, right. uh, Google throttled or whatever the case may be. So keep, Keep doing what you're doing, Dave. You're doing a great job. Thank appreciate you for it. me. I appreciate it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Have a great rest of your day. And guys, seriously, go out and follow this man. He's got, he, he's a fighter. I, I love it. And, um, you know, by the way, before we go, I got, I got to put a plug in for somebody. Sorry. I'm looking at the back of your, the, 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 the art frame that's on the back. So this that you see where it says Mill Creek View Podcast, and it just, uh, as we're leaving, this is a guy that was canceled. His name is James Stocky that that Steve had on his show. And he does custom. All, it's all handwork. Him and his wife. They were canceled. Check him out. Great, great story. Yeah. But, you know, I, I interviewed him and it's a great story. And actually, it was his son, Max, five years old at the time, who said, hey, mom, hey, dad, I want to create a business and I want you to to." Ham do his dad's a carpenter, his mom's an artist. I want you guys to do flags. He loves flags since a little boy. And they said, okay. So as a part-time thing, they started doing it, loved it so much, made it a full-time job. Facebook canceled them. PayPal took about a hundred grand out of their bank and froze them because somebody custom ordered one that had Trump on it. Yeah. And they've been, you know, Harmeet Dillon had to come out from San Francisco and fight for them. They're, this is a Tennessee-based company we're talking about just so little Max could have his American dream of a capitalistic business right. and they won. So great story. Interesting story. He also escaped. He was originally from the San Diego area and he's out in Tennessee now as well. So um, actually I endorse his work on my platform. I, on my site, besides, you know, talking about freedom and everything else, I'm trying to support, you know, American made companies servicing. And so I have a link to his uh, his his you know his company there. So if you guys check it out, you can go and click on it and then buy directly from there. But um, please check him out. He's 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 an amazing he's got an amazing story. 
uh, he was canceled. So I would not want to go through what he's gone through. So again, that's that. As we were ending the show, I just remembered and I saw I saw it behind you, and it's like, oh, we got to talk about James. Yeah. Anyway, Steve, have a great rest of your day. We will be in touch, and um, we'll, we'll talk soon. Thank you, brother. All right, take care. Bye.